20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. Talking about swinging, or as it's known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to give you some monogamy. Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants. This is a new generation of swingers. Babes are coming at you on Friday, Saturday, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be drained. Oh. 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 Hi everyone, welcome to Swinging Around, the sex positive podcast about swinging and sex. I'm Danny. And I'm Heidi. And today we have an extra special interview. It's our, we, re, we recently read the book, um, Swingland. And, well, what was the, the, the full, the full title is Swingland Between the Sheets of the Secretive, Sometimes Messy, but Always Adventurous Swinging Lifestyle. And it was written by screenwriter Daniel Stern. And we are lucky, lucky enough that he took his generous time and was willing to be on the podcast. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, everyone. Thanks for being on. So why don't we start off? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what prompted you to write the book. Um, well, uh, as Dan said, I you know I come from a screenwriting background. I'm, I'm not any of the you know the A-listers or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, even going back further than that, I've, I've written here and there. I was an English major in undergraduate, um, and you know I, I I'm from the Midwest originally, from St. Louis, Missouri, actually. And uh, had basically a normal life, um, you know, graduated high school, went to college, you know, had multiple jobs. And um, writing is just something I've always done in conjunction with all of that. So I guess the reason I wrote the book, it, I assume like if I was a filmmaker, I probably would have made a film. Or if I was um, – a painter or a a visual artist, I would have done something that way, but I write. So that's why I did it as a book. Um, And reason I, I think there were multiple reasons I did it. One was just me sort of coming to terms with why I had spent a decade of my life in that lifestyle. I didn't really sat back and examined it other than it was fun. Um, another reason was because everybody in the lifestyle was just so nice to me and so welcoming that I kind of wanted to, to pay that back. And I was trying to do it by educating people because the one thing that I would always hear from, uh, other swingers was that there were people who didn't know the protocols and would come in and ruin experiences. So I wasn't trying to recruit people for the lifestyle, but rather I was trying to let out all of our protocols so that if they wanted to come in, they knew better how to take part so that they wouldn't ruin other people's experiences. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a nice little how to, I know we didn't have anything like that. Like the swinger manual didn't really exist for a lot of people so yeah most of the time it you just jump in and you learn and you learn mistakes and sometimes you know things that work out well things that don't and you just kind of learn on the fly and so that's 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 where it's kind of cool about your book is that it's um you're a single male and the book is written from your perspective and you it's 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 very much a memoir slash single male how-to and it's it, it's 
really pretty cool how it how it uh, traverses those two, and you'll go from a chapter on describing, you know, how to how to throw a hotel party, and then you'll you know the next chapter is about putting up a tarp to watch out for a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting. When I first started writing it, I, I was calling it a, a memoir slash how not to. Because it was a lot of <laughs> yeah. don't do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, let's be a more positive bend to it. Um, but honestly, the how-to part came about secondarily because originally I was just – I just had these stories. And originally I was just writing the, sort of the funny stuff that happened. Like, for instance, you know, the, the first group party I went to and um, I, I ended up, you know, hitting my head on a ceiling fan and, you know, bringing a, a pause to the action. And I was like, oh, the, you know, I've got several of these funny stories. So I just started writing them. And I, I told just a couple of friends what was going on with me. And they were really enraptured by the story. So I thought, oh, there's something there. But I didn't think I could have like a whole 80,000-word book just on sex. I mean, it, it starts to, you know, sort of roll back on itself after a while. So I thought, well, how can I kind of break that up? And I, I just thought tonally I could do it with that how-to part. Um, but yeah, I mean, even though it is from a, a single male perspective, I think that the lessons overall are, are really applicable to either couples or single women or groups for that matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, uh, the book has a great flow to it. And I mean, even as a couple, we could easily identify with a lot of the stories that you were telling because we can put ourselves in the situations that you're describing, uh, completely be it hotel party or, um, being at just an individual's house or how those first meetups go when you're meeting somebody at a restaurant or, you know, all those different things we can easily relate to. Yeah. So. The, the awkwardness that comes with being new in the lifestyle and, and, and traversing around and, and traversing it. And it's just very funny. I really liked your voice throughout the book. Um, you, you have a very, you're very funny. It was a very, very good voice that I, I, I thought brought a fresh, a, a fresh take and, just made it a very fun read. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, but, the one thing is, is I really did want it to be accessible and I thought, you know, thank God I don't have, you know, this huge vocabulary and have all these, you know, hundred <laughs> or a dollar 75 cent words. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I learned a new word here or there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I well, think, I think you had a, uh, a, a different master- term for masturbation. Yeah. That... What was the masturbation term that, <laughs> that was... yeah. did you see the footnote though? That was from my editor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it's loved like, your yeah, footnotes too. Your a lot of times footnotes people put in footnotes in books and they're boring and you don't want to read them. Yours were essential reading because they were funny or just just part of the text. I even thought, why did he put this in a footnote? Because this could have very easily just been the text. There, this could have been been um been part of the text. But that's a, I'm not a writer, and so that's a stylistic point that um I'm I'm sure is that you had to, you had to think about. Yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think overall you are correct. I mean, you, you can interchange a lot of the stuff in there, but to me, there are some people that, you know, don't want to bother with all those extra details. They just want to go through it. And so I didn't want to jam pack huge chapters. So I tried to keep them kind of small, but some of those, those nuggets that I liked, I put in the footnotes and I tried to make them asides that were funny to, to keep people entertained. Um, cause yeah, while there's an educational aspect to it overall, it's, it's supposed to be entertainment. 
Yeah, you'd be missing out for sure if you didn't read the footnotes. They're just just continuing along with your funny voice. Just they they're funny, and you'd just be missing out on those minutia details if you skipped those. So, so, um, oh, I wanted to. We have an agenda that we're going off of, and this or so. But this is a this is an ad libbed question that I wanted to that Heidi isn't prepared for. But um, ad lib away. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to ask you if you ever considered, um, being being a, from a screenwriting background, if you ever thought about writing this as a, a screenplay or doing one of those semi-fictional, mm-hmm. semi-autobiographies that was, you know, based on your experiences, but fictional characters and um, how you decided, being a screenwriter, to to write to write a book. Yeah, you know, it, funny thing was the first go I I took at it writing anything was a a television pilot and I thought it was interesting but the thing when you're doing film television is it's got to be visual it's got to be when I say action driven it's it's not like you know I'm not saying guns and fighting but characters doing something Uh, there's actually this email that I saw today uh, someone posted a memo from David Mamet uh, to the writers on that show the unit about what constitutes drama and it's very true you know what is somebody doing and to me when i was writing i kept going back into an internal voice and so you know for me i had started in the lifestyle because i wanted to improve my sexual performance and then i ended up finding this amazing community by accident and that was more of an internal journey than it was an external one and so the the pilot I did like several drafts and it just wasn't quite clicking so I just sat down I just started writing them as short stories and books tend to be a more internal journey uh, I mean you know Grisham's got a lot Grisham stuff can really translate between and TV and books um, but for the most part when you want to talk about an internal or an emotional journey you go through a, you read it in a book. And so that just started to click when I was writing it that way. And, um, you know, I, I, it, it just worked. I don't know. It just yeah, worked for me. It That's it. Yeah, I, I could almost imagine it if you had to turn it into a TV pilot to be something like um, almost like a Wonder Years, but for sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the adult version of Wonder Years, because you'd have to have to get your to capture the inner monologue. You'd have to have voiceover kind of similarly to how you have, you know, Kevin's voiceover throughout the show or something like that. Yeah, you know, it sounds had, a little bit wrong, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I could see it fitting. You no, know, it's interesting, though, no, because, um, you know, right now they're one of the, you know, they, my literary agent has other agents, all that stuff that they're working on trying to, to place the television or, or film rights. And uh, I hadn't thought about it from a Wonder Years perspective, because to me, it was sort of like it could be um, a combination of like communication and Dexter. Um, not, <laughs> not, not with the murder part, but just sort yeah. of the secret life aspect. Yeah. 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 I hadn't thought yeah, about and, one. And swingers can most definitely, you know, we, we can all relate to the, the hidden lifestyle, the hidden secret, but it, it seems kind of like a coming of age story. I mean, you, you just mentioned earlier that you were just trying to, to become better at sex and you ended up falling into this community and becoming part of a community that, that whole, you know, progression. I, I would love to see it in TV. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the thing is, I don't know if there's any actors that are good looking enough to portray me. That's the problem. <laughs> no, no. And, yeah, and that, that's why I've debonair. We agree. We agree. We're, we're doing, um, 
we're this is our second time ever doing a interview over Skype with video, and it's definitely our preferred way from now. Like once we yep. did it the last time, although the last time was with two lesbians, and we got to see some tits, so you know it's <laughs> well yeah, hard we, to compare. Our our last interview was with um two two lesbians in, in the lifestyle, and that's a, a unique perspective as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was excited when you said video because Danny was emailing me that, you know, Heidi was going to give me a personal show afterward. That was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how the interview goes. <laughs> <laughs> so would you uh, say that non-monogamy is just in your blood? You think it was just something you were built for and you didn't know it? Um, uh, I think I think that I uh, – see, it's a complex question. That's why I go to therapy. Um, um, I, if you're going to get, if I go psychological on that, I think that it really boils down to the fact that, you know, my parents went through a very messy divorce when I was eight. And so that kind of affected how I view relationships because I see what can happen and I don't, I don't want that. Um, I'm also not very adept at relationships. I've had, you know, multiple girlfriends in, in the past, um, and they were all great women and, you know, for various reasons, but there was just something that didn't click with me. So, um, I don't know if having two girlfriends at once would, would, solve that. <laughs> that would make it any better. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that maybe the general answer is I'm not at the age where I'm ready to just settle down. I think I'm closing in on it, but I'm not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And and by settle down, I I would presume that you'd still want to find somebody who's interested in in swinging or swapping or or doing something like that. I mean, would you want to stay in the lifestyle? Um, I think it, there's not a, an answer to that until you bring in that other person. Um, it sort of depends. And you know, it, it, there's a I'm working on another book right now, but the, the, and there's a, a part in it where I do talk about you know the the one thing about the book is that. It, it in general, it's basically changed everybody's impression of me. Um, you know, it, whether very small or some people just say, "Hey, I, I can't, I don't agree, I can't socialize with you," which I'm like, "Great, that's fine." But with a woman, I think it's not necessarily that she has to be into it, but that she has to be accepting of it, whether she's part of it or not. And whether I'm part of it or not, but she just can't dismiss it in theory just because she doesn't like the idea. Uh, so I don't know if that means, you know, an open-minded, mature woman. Um, hey, with you being in L.A., it seems as though there should be women like that out there. There are some crazy women out here. <laughs> and well, that that begs the question of what's some of the crazy, uh, crazy things that you've seen or done? Um, let's hear – let's hear uh, – off the book, what's the most, what, what's the craziest thing that didn't make it into the book? Uh, uh, well, th- it, there was, a, okay, <laughs> I was very lucky in with my editor in that he never said, you know, he never told me I couldn't do something. Really, his notes were, give me more. I want more, which is a great note to have. And I say, oh, well, I wrote this chapter. I didn't include it. Should I put it in? But there was this one moment that happened in one of the stories that made it. And when he read it, he said, we, we can't put that in there. And this one moment was, uh, there was, uh, this wife of the couple and I was manually pleasuring her and my fingers got caught in her IUD 
Oh man! And I, I, it, it, I had to like, you know, sort of pull my hand out, <laughs> and it came out with it. But she, she didn't lose a lose any stride. She just like, oh, she took it, bent down, put it right back in, and was like, oh okay, my look. god! <laughs> so, so that, there's another story that didn't make it that I thought was really funny, which was I was invited to a hotel party, and it was way out, um, probably about 40 miles from where I live, which in LA, I mean that you got to drive anywhere, everywhere anyway. And it's, it's a long distance, but I was sold on a certain part and it was a Halloween party and nobody who had invited me, everybody who had invited me had neglected to tell me that it was a BBW party. And I didn't know that. And there's nothing wrong with, with BBWs except, you know, it's just not necessarily my thing, especially Mm -hmm, when I'm, mm -hmm. you know, rocking about five foot seven. (laughs) and so i didn't want to be rude and and leave but you know i'm there dressed as superman and it's halloween and i'm like all right we'll see what happens and so i stayed and at one point i actually started uh playing with the one of the wives and it it was okay (laughs) in the middle of playing she just starts screaming out fuck me superman fuck me (laughs) oh that's that's awesome awesome. (laughs) oh that's great so you, you it makes me laugh even more because uh, he's really into Superman, and we've we've mentioned that on the show. So that that's just oh yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge comic geek. So Superman, that's that's yeah, that, that makes that story even funnier. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so you mentioned um, how publishing the book, so you had various responses from friends. Uh, how maybe talk a little bit about that because that's coming out as a swinger on a grand scale. You know, we're not even out. We're not out to anybody. Our, Only our, our lifestyle our, friends. Our know. listeners know. Our lifestyle friends know. But nobody, none of our vanilla people in our, in our lives know. And we would even be coming out on a small scale. You came out. There's nobody in your life who doesn't know now. I, I would assume. Uh, maybe your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. You know that that was it. It all happened so fast. Um. And honestly, I had about eight months to prepare myself from, from my book deal to when they started the, the early press. So uh, it, it took me a long time. In fact, what happened was I, I had sold my, I got an agent in like six days um, and I got the agent I wanted at my agency. And we worked on the book for a couple months, just basically his note was more and more and more. And then he, he took it out and he sold it in six days, which, wow. So I was like, whoa, what's going on here? This is going really quickly. And then so I was like, wow, I have a book deal. Shit, I can't tell anybody about it. (laughs) So what I ended up doing was I was telling people I sold a book. And they were like, great, what's it about? And my response was, not yet, not yet. (laughs) So finally, once it it got up on Amazon for pre-order, then I I let everybody know. And it was just this response of, wait, what? Huh? What? Yeah. Um. (laughs) And I think I was ready for it for two reasons. One, you guys can probably attest to this. Le- leading that double life can really be exhausting. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that I was just done with that. I just couldn't do it anymore. And the second thing was there's a, a friend of mine who's a journalist in D.C. And he's got uh, he's now working on his second book. And I undergrad with him and he had read it and he, he said he said man this is good he says you're, you might not want your name on it now but years down the line you're going to want to be identified with this book and so put your name on it 
And because I trust his opinion, I, I went ahead and did it. And now I'm okay with it because even, you know, with the job I have now, I, I figured it's best coming from me. So I told the owners and their response was, well, where's my copy? <laughs> so there was no uh, negative repercussions about uh, reading about your uh, instant messages during work hours. <laughs> yeah, that was so. That was some of the funniest stuff. Is talk is I don't know if you're in the same job that you were in in the book um, currently, if you're still there. But that was so, that was really funny stuff. Just the chats while your coworkers in the in the doorway and then leaving to go to the gangbang and then <laughs> that was just some funny stuff. Yeah, I mean, you guys can probably talk, you know testify to that as well is melding those two and finding that balance is a real challenge. Oh, yeah. I mean, even certain vocabulary words you you use with, with the lifestyle and you don't use with your family. Like, vanilla is a lifestyle term, but I would never call anybody vanilla when I'm with my vanilla friends because they'd be like, what is that? Like, yeah. you know, it's just yeah, and it's always things. Unicorn, that's another one. You don't throw that word out there. Right. There's always, there's always that looking over your shoulder if you're doing any sort of uh, website checking, uh, email checking at work. There's always the who's around or <laughs> close, well, even just with close this, the office door. We, uh, we typed up some questions that we wanted to ask you. And then Danny went to print them off the printer at work and almost had a holy shit moment when they didn't print. Yeah. Right I had away. a, I had a little panic moment today because we, we use um, Google docs to write up all our, we'll, um, sh we'll share notes together. Usually we'll just, that's what we're on our, when we have a little bit of free time at work, she, she usually writes the first draft of any agenda for a show that we do. And then I'll, uh, go over it and we'll and we'll refine it together and so today she sent me or yesterday afternoon she sent me um the agenda that of, of things she wanted to talk about with you and i was going through it today and we were making our some some notes and then went to print it and walked over to the printer and it wasn't coming out and i was like oh shit and i had to leave work um because we had i just had to come home for a plumber so i had to leave and i couldn't wait for this to print i'm like oh fuck like i can't have this just print and be left there and so <laughs> i'm waiting i had to cancel some people's jobs to get mine at the top of the queue to make sure that these that these two copies came out because i couldn't have it just sitting there at the printer yeah. and come pick it up later <laughs> yeah. it was like that that scene in fight club where ed norton forgets he he left the original on the copier Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, luckily, as I was, as my uh, copy was not coming out, I was running through my mind, and I went and reread the agenda, and there was no identifying information there. So I was like, okay, if this doesn't come out or it comes out in two hours when I'm not here, at least they won't know who it is. Yeah. But that, <laughs> so. So, your book's about to come out. Everybody knows your book's coming out. Did you? Tell your friends and family, or especially family members like parents, grandma, things like that, like read at your own risk. Because, I mean, there's some graphic information in there um, about your sexual experiences. Right. I mean, I think that once they heard what it was about, they knew that it was, you know, it was up to them whether they wanted to do it. You know, I, one of my yeah. brothers, uh, when I had told him, he had said, well, you know, I can't promise I'll read the whole thing. <laughs> said, well, that's yeah. probably good. But I, I'm pretty sure, I know my mom has read it. Um, and her response was, thanks for the interesting read. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't, I don't think my dad has, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we have a, we have a son, he's only six months old, but I'm imagining when he's older thinking to myself, you know, I, I want to know that my son is, a, is, is okay sexually. So I guess in that respect, you know, your mom's got some reassurances that you're, you're functioning okay and enjoying your adult life. So <laughs> at least there's that side of things. So were there, were there any uh, kind of negative repercussions then 
I mean, you had mentioned earlier that there were some people who've just kind of decided not to not to be friends with you any longer. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't say that it, that they've you know shunned me for life, but uh, there were a couple of people that I had been friends with that after they learned about it, responses such as you know I just don't agree with this, and it, it, it sort of through the conversation you kind of felt like okay they I need to leave them alone until they're ready to to sort of work their way back into some sort of friendship. But in my head, I was just thinking, well, I've never really agreed with that person anyway, so this is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's just your way of severing ties with the, with people if you need to. Or Yeah, I mean, forward. you know, it, it's unfortunate if some people can't be open-minded, but, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, that, I mean, if, if people can't accept you for for yourself, if you're willing to share that part of your life with people and if they're not willing to, willing to accept it, then you kind of got to, you know, it, it becomes harder to maintain a relationship with the, with, with those individuals. Yeah. Um, I tend to be pretty liberal in my views on most things. Um, and, you know, I don't, on Facebook, you, you tend to run into a lot of people who are friends of yours that have wildly different political opinions. And you wonder how can I be friends with this person? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tend not to voice all that stuff in, in, in a grand fashion, such as I did with this book. But, um, but yeah, it, it definitely sort of uh, weeds out the people that you aren't necessarily compatible with, which mm-hmm. I think might be a good thing. Just sort of shakes out what's worth it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so getting back to the book a little bit, um, it seems like you kind of chastise single men a little bit for, for their behavior, for some of their faux pas. Do you have any pointers you'd want to give to any of our single male listeners? Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that chapter in there about the swing commandments says it pretty well. I mean, stuff like do not lie, be, you know, just, just be honest, whatever it is, be honest because it, you, the truth is going to come out. If, you know, uh, I say in there, you know, if, if you claim you have a six pack when you're really rocking a keg, don't claim otherwise. <laughs> don't put a picture up from 20 years ago when you had a full head of hair, it's going to come out. Um, and then on top of not lying, don't pressure. I think a, a lot of guys think, oh, well, this is a community that likes to have sex, so therefore anything goes. And it's it's not a community just on sex. It's it's a group of people who enjoy having sex, and they sort of forget that people part of it. And that's that's the integral part is you're looking for compatible individuals, and you need to take the time. So for you, what uh... – qualifies as compatible individuals what do you look for when you're looking for couples or people to meet with um i mean of course there's there's a physical you know attractiveness that needs to come with it i'm not talking like um you know uh katie perry or angelina jolie or something like that katie Katie perry's my girl so (laughs) i've 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 told listeners that she's the only girl out there that i'm aware of that i could consider being a lesbian for just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heidi's I'm not a bicurious woman. Heidi's one of the rare Katy Perry, I think I might be. Heidi's one of the rare women in the lifestyle who is not bicurious. And yeah. that's that's the everybody it's funny. Everybody just assumes you are in the lifestyle. I think if you're a woman, they 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 just assume that you play with women and so she doesn't, but she has mm-hmm. pro, uh professed her um her love of Katy Perry's titties. It's true. <laughs> they, they are nice. I, I, I like the taste. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a physical aspect, but I think that it's more of an attitude. It's um, a non-judgmental, easygoing. Um, you don't have to be the funniest person in the world, but you got to appreciate humor. And if you're not funny, 
uh, it's not really working. Um, to me, that that's 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 more what it is. I I don't I don't need, um, you know, the, the most necessarily sexually adventurous person in the world. Um, mm-hmm. But th- that open mindedness and the easygoing nature, th- those are the big things, as well as the humor. So we've actually never played with a single male. We've been in parties where there have been single men. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious to know, like, what what's your case for playing with a single man? Like, what what do you uh, you know make your case? I guess is my my question. <laughs> Put him on the spot. I know it's a, that's what we do here. <laughs> um, well, the case is that you want two cocks, and he will provide that. He yeah, he but will provide, will, as opposed well, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to us sneaking out another couple, I guess you know what what do you think that single males? I guess to to rephrase, what do you think that single males offer for the lifestyle? Um, I I know just from talking with other couples that one reason that that couples don't necessarily pursue other couples is that there's a jealousy factor that they're afraid of when it comes between the women. Um, and so with a single guy, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but you know, to, to, I wouldn't make a case to say you need to play with a single guy. <laughs> I think that that's the wrong approach. Um, okay. you know, even though it's, it's cutting into my potential play pool, but, um, <laughs> it's gotta be right. Especially for a couple, like even if I'm really attracted to the wife, but I sense that the relationship between her and her husband or boyfriend is a little shaky. I won't, I won't go on it. I won't do it because there's just too much, too, too many complications that have the potential to, to really come and bite you in the ass. Um, so if it is right for the couple, then I would say do it, but you've got to get the single guy with the right attitude. You know, if you, like size or girth, that's great, but you're going to have to spend some time with this individual, <laughs> you know, whether it's a half an hour or, or a, a night going out. So you want to make sure you have that, that click. Um, but, you know, from the single guys, be patient, man. <laughs> Don't try and pressure a couple because that, that's when it's really going to backfire. And, you know, or if a, pressure, a couple pressures another couple, I think it's going to backfire. Oh, absolutely, just, yeah. You, you got to give everything time for the stars to align. Well, one of the things that I really found interesting is that your book was really pro- probably the most in-depth that I've um, not, I mean, I wasn't having a conversation with you. It was one-sided. I was reading your book, but I, I really felt like it was the, um, we haven't really, as Heidi mentioned, we haven't played with any single males yet, um, although plans are in the works for Heidi, but um Go Heidi, go! What, oh yeah, what, we're 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 gonna arrange a gangbang sometime. But what oh. I <laughs> we read so many, there's so many gangbangs in your well, book. I mean, I couldn't, couldn't help but be intrigued because it seems like that was uh, that's a frequent uh, form of play for you. Yeah, Heidi Heidi has a goal. She has a res- a, goal. <laughs> a sex solution. We we just did an episode recently about New Year's resolution, like sex resolutions that yeah. we call, that we called sex solutions, and one of Heidi's was um, she wants she. You need to go airtight before you go for a gangbang. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they're different. They're different. I have a few. I, I want to play with the colors of the rainbow. So I want to have a uh, white guy, a black guy, a Latino guy, maybe an Asian in there if we can get it all arranged. So there, there's a few different different things I want to do. But what I what I really liked is that it gave me an insight because we really haven't sat down and had a, a, any in-depth conversations with single males. There hasn't really been the... Um, 
there aren't too many um you most of the parties we attend are hotel parties here in Michigan um and they're they're um the hotel party is not um not what you mostly describe in your book the in the ho- in the hotel room these are the these are the ballroom like where hotel the, there's the dancing portion oh, okay um and so that's 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 what's quite uh prominent around here and then there there are house parties um there's some there are some larger ones but what i really liked about the book is that you really see how different swinging is for a single male than it is for couples. And I'm sure how it is for a unicorn as well, because a lot of your experiences are gangbangs where your experiences are where a single male is wanted. And that's quite often a gangbang or a, that sort of a scenario. And that's something that couples, when you are, you're swinging, our swinging life so far has been pretty much all couple related us with other couples. That's the gangbang. Isn't the scenario that we've really been around. And so, um, it was a it was a good perspective because we'd never yeah we'd never was, thought of the lifestyle from your it perspective. Was, it was so. insight in just seeing that even within the lifestyle, there's every people are experiencing swinging in just different ways and seeing different perspectives. There's there's couples don't swing the same way that single males do, and and I'm sure the way that single females do as well. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think that in addition to you know whether you're a single male, single female, or couple, I think it's also geographic because. I, I think that in Southern California, where the population is, is much greater than it is in most of the country, you've got a lot more opportunity. And I think that it also attracts we, – we attract a certain adventurous weirdo, you know, to this <laughs> neck of the woods. Yeah. So there are those – Oh, opp- that reminds – that reminds me of the funny portion in your book where you weren't sure if the girl was there and you had the quick panic moment if the guy was actually a dual personality and that was that was funny. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that w- that was uh, a little bit of a panic, um, <laughs> but thank God it turned out okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know you, you got to kind of go where you want to go. I, it, my impression of what it's like for couples is it's a lot. I don't know if this is the right word, but a lot more formal. Like you know, like you're saying, you'll there would be a ballroom. I've never been to a party in a ballroom before, but because you guys have the numbers that, you know, that can happen. Um, I think that, you know, my primary experience is threesomes just, you know, by the nature that I'm necessary for that. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I've been to several gangbangs. I wouldn't say that's the majority of stuff, Um, but also I'm not really into that huge party scene just because the few that I've been to, it just it felt very impersonal. Um, and granted, I'm, I'm not looking for long term friends with everybody I meet, but I'm not about to just jump in a room, have sex and leave. There's a little more to it than that for for the experience that I want. Um, you know, there have been couples now that are, are trying to get me to, to go to some more uh, formal events with this. But um, I, as of right now, I haven't yet gone to them. Uh, maybe in you know the near future, but not just yet. So, how has your sexual life changed since the book came out? Do you find people who want to get with you because you wrote this book? Yeah, and in, in, instead of you being the single male shooting out the emails, are you getting? Do you get a lot of emails now? I mean, you you don't give away um, your profile name. Yeah, what's that? Oh, I said you you don't give away your profile name, so I guess people won't be able to easily find you um, on the sites, but I'm sure in your geographic location, maybe, um, you know, words got out. I mean, you even say that 
in in the book about how word of mouth is so important, and I'm sure word of mouth has increased by far for you now. And so, yeah, how is that? impacted i mean i i do get emails interestingly enough the the most i get are from women in australia oh wow (laughs) so that's crazy um, yeah i'm like hey bring me down there um do they want you to travel (laughs) or what or uh i i think it's sort of like it's it's really more of just an open invitation should i make my way down there Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i get emails from uh women not necessarily couples um, and, uh, but some, uh, also erotica writers, they tend to email me. Whereas like when I wrote it, I didn't think of erotica. Um, cause I'm, you know, I'm not saying, oh, and he, she has the silkiest breasts I've ever felt. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you were very tasteful in the way that you wrote your stories where there's the detail was there, but you were, you clearly weren't purposely trying to to describe every vein and nook and cranny you know yeah we, we I mean, got the aspect but yeah i think, the, I think the subject matter itself was shocking enough i didn't need to really push it any further <laughs> yeah but there there was still some scenes i mean those of us in the, i mean i guess if you're in the lifestyle it isn't quite as shocking but if you're somebody picking this up this up off the shelf it's very you know it's very titillating in even even with you know details being vaguer and and um it's still it's still pretty in, enticing and, and erotic i mean I, it doesn't surprise me that um er, that people would classify it as erotica because you're right i hadn't even th- i hadn't thought about that either but um yeah it's, it it's interesting su- because I'll, I'll go into a bookstore and my i always wonder is where where do they categorize this because you know it could go in nonfiction, it could go in memoirs and biographies it could go in how to and the one that really um, sort of threw me for a loop was they had it under addiction therapy. Huh. Well, that's really? weird. That's cr- <laughs> you know, we, yeah. were, we were just recently in a, in a big chain store and we were just complaining about this on our previous episode where we went to the um, sex and sexuality section of the bookstore and there wasn't a single book on swinging, non-monogamy, any kind of alternative lifestyle, not even anything LGBT. It was how to improve your marriage, how to have better orgasms, yeah. uh, you know, tickle is pickle kind of thing. It was it was just incredibly disappointing. Yeah, so. we were, we were, we were really disappointed that the we haven't we hadn't actually browsed the bookstore in a little while. You know, just like everybody else, we're just getting things online now. But we had some time to kill a couple of weeks ago, and we were browsing. And and if you just and I mean, we're not. I don't care if we name the place, but we, we just went to the local Barnes and Noble and we were browsing and their sexuality. I don't, there's the sexuality is, is very limited. I don't, I I mean, I guess it's going to vary by store, obviously, but we were very disappointed in the lack of alternative lifestyle books. Your book would fit right in on that shelf. And we didn't see anything other than improve your marriage or although we didn't go to the addiction section. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, we didn't think about going to the addiction section. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there actually is a, a couple of responses I have to that. One is, um, I mean, remember, our country was founded by Puritans. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We, we do live in a in a little bit more conservative area too. So yeah, that's geographic. And the other thing is, is a lot of the brick and mortar stores, they, if, if you go and they don't have it, you tell them that you want it, and they will stock them. It's, it's a lot of what the demand is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I've had people email me and say I didn't see it in the store, but I asked them and they said they would get it in for me. Um, so yeah, but e- the the ebook sales I think have have been a lot uh, have been 
significantly higher than the hardback just because you've got that uh, privacy of the, you yeah. don't have the cash looking at what you're buying. Well, that and that's the thing is we have this book now and we're we're not out to our family, so it's like okay, we have to stash this away with our other sex books. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few other books that are you know lifestyle related and they all have they all sit in a specific corner in a bookshelf that's hidden away yeah we have like a secret library at our house that is ever growing of of the of books and that's it, that's funny yeah, yeah. And so also when uh when your when your child gets to walking age make sure it's hidden because you you don't uh, want with the gummy bear cover you know? yeah, yeah exactly I, was, I love the cover i was I, I just a, it's the, the timing is so funny because I was just about to bring that up. I was going to ask you whose idea what that was for the gummy bears. Um, it's so safe and f- it makes it safe and fun. But then you open it up and then all this sex and debauchery is going on. Yeah. Did you not notice that the gummy bears are all screwing each other? Yeah, I know. I I love it that it's you know it's it. What, what it's I like playful. about I what I like about playful. it exactly is it's playful and right off the bat the cover says this isn't as. This this isn't as dirty as you think, you know. This it's I don't know. I thought it was great, but yeah. whose idea was that? Um, well, my my editor he had said that he wanted a cover that uh, New Yorkers felt comfortable having on the subway, so they could read it. Um, and so that you know they they hire a um, graphic designer, and he found this um, guy who had made all of these. Uh, uh, graphic pictures of gummy bears having sex, and so he went with that. <laughs> my my idea was to have a reversible dust jacket, so that you could have the sexy mm-hmm. cover, or you could flip it and just have something very bland. Oh, that's, that's cool. a great idea too, because yeah, yeah really dust cool. jackets are just white on the on the reverse side. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that would have been pretty. That would have been. A, I've never seen a. Re- a reversible, reversible dust jacket. Mm-hmm. Do they do they make those? Oh, I'm 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 pretty sure I'm not the first one to think of it, but um, I mean I can't think of one offhand, but I'm sure they're out there. I, I part of it too is you know the budget. You know, being that this was mm-hmm. my first book, that they were like, well, we're not going to put in Stephen King budget material. You know, budget yeah. for the covers here. So, well, yep. for your next book, if it's about swinging, I don't know if it is or not, but if it is, you should definitely. I think that'd be awesome, but. Is I mean I mean I I don't know if you can give it away or not yet, but is it about uh, swinging? Um, yeah, I mean I don't talk specifics at this point, but w- what I do say is I've taken a a, a very severe right hand turn in subject matter. So it's okay, very, okay, it's very different. Um, well, the tone is very similar in the fact that I hope it's funny. Um, you know, people will say, you know, is is your stuff funny? I say, well, if you laugh, it's funny. If not, it's not. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, the, another idea I had for a cover was, uh, I don't for, remember what they're called, but you know those things where you look at them and if you, you turn the perspective, it changes the picture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of doing that where y- you could have a, a guy like in a suit, very normal, and when you turn it, he's like in bondage gear or something like that. <laughs> so <you have laughs> that that would have been really cool. Yeah, so you can, about the duality. That would have been really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have any any? Uh, oh, sorry, our dogs, our dogs are making an make appearance. An appearance. <laughs> do you have any fantasies left to fulfill in the lifestyle? Any unfinished business? Um, honestly, no. At this point, no. Um, I'm sure there will be. Um, but I'm right now. I'm pretty satisfied. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Any regrets? Um, no, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that idea of regret. I mean, what's done, you can't undo. So just, you know, press on and, and try and learn from it, I guess. But I, I, I try and, you know, 
sort of accept what my life and that's how things have been. And that's who I am, I guess. That's a really sloppy answer, but go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it works. So one last thing we wanted to ask you is if uh, Hollywood being in LA, if that's had any, you know, I mean, you've mentioned the, just the population being different, but has just the fact that you're in Hollywood, has that uh, any celebrities? Obviously you're not going to Yeah, yeah. Actually this was, has that had any kind of a, this was my. Uh, th- this was something that I wanted to ask you. So maybe I'll articulate it. Um, do you d- just being a screenwriter and being in LA, as Heidi was saying, I kn- I know you can't give away names, but I mean, you ever had do you encounter any celebrities or or, or things? I I don't know. It just seems like you there might be this secret celebrity sex uh, swinging. I, I don't know. I I just, I'd just be curious to hear about anything Hollywood related. If if it's you've ever encountered that. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, I'll, I'll always talk about the what, but I won't ever talk about the who because there's mm-hmm. that discretion that, you know, we, right. we all follow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to some gatherings where there have been some notable celebrities. You know, it's not it's not Tom Hanks, you know, these A-listers, but it's mm-hmm. people that you go, oh, yeah, I know that person from such and such. See, uh, and that's exactly what I wanted to hear because that's awesome. Just walking. I mean, was it? It was, it was just walking into any other party and they're, and, and they're there. I don't know. That just seems crazy to me. It just seems kind of yeah, cool. <laughs> it's, I mean, as, as you guys can probably say, back me up on is, you know, a lot of people at, at sort of the, the house parties are friends of friends or people who know or vouch mm-hmm. for each other. So mm-hmm. they, they, it's not like they're just walking in cold. It's that they know somebody who's brought them in. Um, there was actually a reading I did in New York for this book and there was a guy, in the audience. I, I don't know his name, but I was, I was like, oh, I've seen him on TV, but I can't remember. And it, when it was time for questions, he was just so adamant. He was trying to get me to say that at all the parties, there's always cocaine and drugs. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, buddy. I mean, may, maybe there is, but I'm just not at those parties. And he was just so adamant, just pressing the point to the, where, where a friend of mine in the audience had to chime in and say, guy, he's not going to those parties. Calm down. <laughs> so... Even if it's not at the party, there. I mean, there was that guy who was uh, who's been on television frequently. Uh, but I, again, I can't place him, but I, I know I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And I knew that there you weren't be able to get give any names, but um, you you um, like your your book. I know you changed a lot of names, but you never once did you mention anything related to uh that the film industry. So I was just curious if that had had ever if if those two swinging in the film industry had crossed paths and it sounds like it has so that's kind of cool yeah and i think that if uh i end up taking these people's inv- invitations to these more exclusive parties here that i'll see a lot more of these people but mm-hmm. um because i think that they go to you know the, the more guarded parties and understandably so mm-hmm. um but yeah in, with with the names all a bunch of the names are are names of my friends so that i wanted them when they read it <laughs> And they'd come across their name just to freak out, and and, and they did. And uh, oh my, that is funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is really funny. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you're writing a second book. Are you? I mean, this is getting a little away from swinging a little bit, but do you see your career moving towards writing, being a novelist, and writing writing books instead of? Or, I mean, I guess writing is a, a, a profession where you can probably traverse all kinds of different styles and different different, different, different medias or different mediums. Yeah. Um, what I like about uh, novels is that it's it's all you. Um, when you have a, a book or when you have a screenplay, 
you go through so many rounds of notes. You have, you know, hundreds of cooks in the kitchen. And then once it's done, it then goes into production. Well, then it becomes sort of the director's story. And then after that, it goes the editor, and then it becomes the editor's story. So it, it it's really this other entity that so many people are involved with. And that can be okay, but it's really exhausting. With a book, it's, you know, every word in it, it's, it's my decision for the most part. And so I, I sort of preserve whatever that idea is as long as I want to preserve it. And I do like that. And I, I you know, I like being able to, you know, have a book and say, this is what I created, this thing. Um, and I, I tend to be a homebody, so I like just being able to sit in front of my computer and, and write and just shut out the world. It's hard to imagine you as a homebody after uh, reading descriptions of going out and having some playtime five, six, seven days a week I know, in that, some cases. That so. section at the end about the busiest weekend ever was crazy. I was My head was spinning just thinking about the scheduling um, it. Scheduling alone, it. Yeah. And that's something we've, as a single male, I think this comes into play a lot too, but that's just something as a swinger, time management becomes a big thing, you know, just scheduling and, and making, making these play dates and, and these meet and greets and trying to meet and scheduling just becomes a big, a big issue. But that was a really, another humorous part of your book. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it really, a lot of it comes down to logistics. Um, As sort of non-sexual a topic as that is, it it really plays an integral role in all of it. Um, yeah, that was one. I think it was a nine-day stretch. I mean, I've I've never, I've never had anything like that. Nor do I ever want anything like that again. <laughs> I mean, mostly now because I'm older, I I my body can't put up with that. <laughs> but you know, I think when I when that happened, I was probably like, I think I was like 28 or 29 or somewhere around there. Um, and so I could That's do how- that. That's yeah. that's how old we are right now. I can't I don't, imagine that. I can't. So. Ima- I mean, nine a nine day a nine day sex stretch. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's hot but exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we want to thank you for for coming on our show. And uh, again, we'll just mention your book is Swingland Between the Sheets of the Secretive, Sometimes Messy, but Always Adventurous uh, Swinging Lifestyle. Thanks so much, guys. And yeah. Available. All, all over the place. Where can our listeners uh, find you? You're on Twitter, and why don't you give yourself a little plug on where listeners can find you? And obviously, your book is in Amazon and major, major retailers. Cha- yeah. ma- major retailers, but um, where else can they find? Um, yeah, I mean, find, you know, Bar- find you. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the the normal places. Ebook and hardback right now. I think they're going to do paperback in sometime later this year. Um, and you know, my website is theotherdanielstern.com. And on Twitter, I'm, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I'm other Dan Stern because you have a limit to how many characters you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go to my website, you'll have a link to, to get on the Twitter. All right. Great. great. Well, thank you very, very much for coming on. It was, it was awesome. We, we loved your book. And regardless of the topic, I guarantee that I'll want to read your next, your next project. Absolutely. I, Just for the humor it's in, alone, it's, it's worth reading. Well, so. you know, it, it's about how terrible uh, comic books are. So you might not. <laughs> oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> no, thank you again, again very much. So appreciate it. Heidi, why don't you wrap it up? Well, this has been another episode of Swinging Around. Uh, you can reach us at Swinging around at gmail.com. No G at the end of swinging. We're swinging around at, we're at swinging around on Twitter. No G at the end of swinging. You can 
find us on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Please send us a review and leave comments. That's how we get listeners. We appreciate it. And I think that's pretty much all the main media for us. All right, everybody. Stay sexy and stay swinging. <laughs>